Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome back to Geekish Cast. Uh, this is our special spoiler-filled Batman versus Superman. Um, I'm not going to call it Dawn of Justice. That just feels like an added tag on. So it's just Batman versus Superman spoiler-filled conversation and synopsis. Uh, today is the 26th of March. It is the day after I saw it. And joining me today, we have Doug Sturk from Sturk Work. Doug, you saw it yesterday as well, yes? Yes, I did. All right. So... What we're going to do, and you guys can go to IMDb and kind of read along, we're going to base our discussion off of IMDb synopsis. Um, so we're going to go a paragraph at a time and kind of talk about things, but before we start, Doug, is there anything you want to say before we actually jump into the synopsis itself? Oh, I just want to say, boom, tube. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but here's the thing. There was so much stuff in here I thought I would never see in a movie. That's true, and I, I think that's what's derailing a lot of critics out there. You know, it's this is definitely made for the comic book person. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, and that's in. I'll hit on this more in a bit, but everybody who shit on it so far, I just want to ask you: Have you ever read a comic book? <laughs> and if if so, did you like it? Was it Archie? What the fuck are you talking about? So, anyways. Well, you know, I fall back on the uh, was I entertained for my money? Yeah. You know, and that's. <laughs> Yeah, it's not the Avengers. I thought the Aven- the Avengers movie was one of the best comic book movies ever made, but this was a heck of a lot better than what they're saying. I I certainly feel that way. And you notice like the audience fan is still at 70% or thereabout. And there were some deep freaking references to get around to. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's like they pulled out a lot of stops so at least they'll get them on the screen once. Exactly. All right, so with that out of the way, and we can we can address our feelings as we go, um, I'm going to start with the synopsis now. 18 months after the destructive battle of Metropolis, Superman has become a controversial figure, incurring the wrath of billionaire playboy Bruce Wayne, who has covertly operated in Gotham City as a vigilante referred to as Batman for nearly two decades, and who blames Superman for the mass casualties that resulted from his fight with General Zod. Superman, in his public identity as Daily Planet journalist Clark Kent, in turn sees Batman as dangerous and seeks to expose him. LexCorp's mogul Lex Luthor also sees Superman as a threat and convinces Senator Jane Finch, played by Holly Hunter, to help him recover kryptonite from Zod's failed terraforming attempt from the Indian Ocean. Finch later stonewalls Lex's efforts to use Zod's DNA and the Kryptonian scout ship Recovered from the battle to recreate a bio or to create a biological weapon. And, um, and she was a senator from what state? From the great state of Kentucky. There you go. Yeah, but she was a Democratic senator yes, she from was. Kentucky. So McConnell yeah. must have got knocked out of there. 
It must have been. You know what? I would vote for Holly Hunter, too. Yeah, yeah, certainly. I mean, you know, she's getting a little older, but, man, can she wear a skirt? Elastigirl, come on. Oh, that's right, too. I even forgot about that. Um, yes, I mean, you know, I'm going to talk a little bit about the scene where the Waynes are killed. Okay. Um, we have seen this a million times. We all know it. And we, we have seen this at least half a six million times. times on screen and... 15 times on the cartoons. and yeah. But the one thing I want to talk about, first off, uh, they got the Walking Dead alum and um, Watchmen alum to film this scene, yep. which was kind of cool. Uh, you know, playing Thomas Wayne was, of course, the comedian. Yep. Jeff, is it Jeffrey Dean Morgan? Is yep. that his name? And then playing Martha Wayne was, Laura, was it Lauren Conrad, who they're both, as of the end of this season, both in The Walking Dead. Yep. Um, Bye, Glenn. So, Bye. <laughs> so I found it interesting that both Thomas and Martha put up a fight against the mugger in this one. Yeah, they resisted. Yeah, and I thought that was a subtle, a small, subtle yet interesting difference. Yeah, like the uh, the gripping of the of his fist. You hear the leather kind of tightening up on his hand, and he's getting ready yeah. to try to like slug the the. Uh, Assailant. Hit the mugger. Yeah. And yeah, I say slug uh, even, assailant, you say hit the mugger. Yeah. Yeah, well, it's, it's the like difference it. between Southerners and, Southerners and Westerners, I guess. <laughs> um, I thought it was an interesting difference, though, to put them in a, a more active resistance role. Yeah, I mean, it plugs into today's standards a little bit, the stand your ground kind of stuff. You know, the, we're resisting the change. We're going we're mm-hmm. to fight back. We're going to, you know, not just be passive. Exactly. And then the dream that Bruce has in the Batcave. <laughs> yeah. At first, when he started lifting off the ground, I'm like, wait, that it, okay, this has got to be a dream. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, no, 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 he doesn't fly. No, 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 no. <laughs> but it does set the stage for other things throughout the movie. Yeah, and I'm still, that's one of my problems is why are these dreams happening to Bruce? And I think it kind of answers itself if you look into it a little bit later. Yeah, and so we can we can touch on that right. a bit more. And then the next thing we see is the end of Man of Steel, but from a different perspective. Right, which I really enjoyed. Yeah, it was... Um, I, I've heard a couple people say that it was trying to, I don't know, reorient the viewpoint or to rewrite the ending of Man of Steel. Um, but did you call Back to the Future 2 a rewriting of Back to the Future? I mean, I'd, I'd be interested in seeing how you feel about adding a new perspective to an established storyline is. Um, what were what your thoughts on that? You know, for me, it was more of uh, what would Batman do at 9-11? That was the vibe that just kept, you know, that's mm-hmm. the feeling I got. And I, I think that's, you know, obviously what they're hitting on with all the dust and debris flying everywhere. And But, you know, here we see Bruce Wayne going to the problem, not running away from, and that's the whole point. Yeah, Absolutely. And that's yeah, that's that's kind of the thing is that Bruce Wayne is not going to run away from nature. No. I mean, he actually Even, was helicoptered in, got in a vehicle with lights on top. I wonder what that vehicle was. You know, it's, I know it's a jeep because the jeep ads, but you know, did Wayne have some security vehicle? I guess they loaned it their boss, and <laughs> I'm sure they must. <laughs> that, that, I mean, we're but, talking about Wayne. Wayne Financial right. probably has a pretty serious security outfit. I would assume. Yeah, he probably just cracks it every week for practice. Yeah, probably. He's I'm gonna learn how to break into a securities company now. Um 
Yeah, but I mean, he took an active role in trying to help people and telling people to get out of there. And you know, you had the the, the guy stuck up in the building that you watched die, and you assume he died. Jack, I think, is the character's name. Yeah, I think you're right. And uh, but, we also you know, you're, see you're creating that that empathy for for you know, an understanding of his anger. Oh yeah, absolutely. He's losing people in this accident personally. You know, employees or friends or whatever they are, and it sets up the uh, the guy who loses his legs. Uh, right, Wallace. What was the character's name? Wallace. Oh darn it! But anyways, yeah. So Bruce Wayne, as he's running through, there's a guy under a girder beam, and his legs are crushed. So they get him free, and he'll be important to the story later. That's why they call him by his first right. name. Yeah. Um. All right. So then. We have Holly Hunter, and, uh, well, I guess we meet Lex for the first time in here. What did you think of Eisenberg's take on Lex? I wonder how much of that was direction and how much of that is Eisenberg. Uh, it was annoying, but I think he's fixed whatever, you know, that character was. He definitely, you see another side of him later, so you know a lot of that's an act. Yeah. He's pushing forward. I, you know, it's a you're right, I... I would be interested to see how much was Eisenberg and how much was direction because I got a definite, not all of it, but uh, the manic energy that Heath Ledger brought to the Joker, I got oh, yeah. the, same, yeah. the same feeling off of Eisenberg's Luther. Yeah, I agree with that one. And I didn't want yeah. just the guy from, you know, the, the social network, you know, well... Not the real guy, but I didn't want that same character again because that's what he's been doing too many times. Yeah, you know the the guy rattles off the lines very quickly, and it, you know the smug guy, the smartest guy in the room. Right. And you know one of the things I want to address real quick, and you know maybe we'll maybe as we read through the synopsis and discuss it, my viewpoint will change. I got the feeling not only did Lex worry about another alien invasion or having a god wandering around the planet. Superman made Lex feel inferior is a big part of why he didn't want him around, too, is what I got out of it. I There's that definite fear there. Yeah. You know, it's an inferiority complex, but he, he definitely has something going on to make him not yeah. want him around. You know, I, it's a god that can fly around and do whatever he wants, so... Yeah, but, you know, it's one thing, because, like, Lex Luthor is often shown in the comics, he's a villain because he wants to stop Superman, because he worries about Superman's influence on the world and his lack of checks and balances. This one, there was something a little more personal, it felt to me. Yeah, that's the, I see that as Lex Luthor from, like, 1986 and up. Mm -hmm. I mean, there was an older Lex Luthor where he was just the mad scientist, crazy guy who wanted to kill Superman because he made him lose his hair. Yes. <laughs> you know what I mean? If oh, no, 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 exactly. Yeah. Well, and actually, you get back far enough, you realize that uh, Luther, Lex Luthor was actually the ultra-humanite's um, uh, second in charge. And eventually, they just grafted Lex Luthor onto what the ultra-humanite used to look like. Yikes. Yeah. So, <laughs> there, there's Luthor's been through some iterations, so... And I, I did wonder if this was going to end up... Because he mentions the father, that this is Lex Jr. Yes, it is. And, I, I, you know, I, one little part of me is going, is this going to be the same Lex Jr. as the comic, where it was actually the original Lex in a new body? Yeah. But obviously, it's not. Well, not obviously. It could certainly still turn out to be, because um, they really didn't touch it. And 
there were a lot more references, and we'll get we'll get further into this. I thought I was going to see a comic based on or a movie based on a particular comic, and then but at the end it turned out to be based on a completely different comic than I expected. Yeah, yeah they they threw a curveball in here. So, anyways, um, Lex Luthor wants to get his hands on Kryptonian technology, so he brings in people from the Senate. And one of them is giving him whatever he asked for. He wants Zod's body. He wants this kryptonite because he tells them he can use it to make a weapon to kill Kryptonians. What did you think about the scene with the, uh, I think it was a Jolly Rancher? That was a little bit weird. That was an anointing. That's, I saw that as like a uh, some sort of religious, you are, you are my, my, my disciple. You know? Yeah. I'm blessing your lips. I am, you know. Well, it was you're, like you're taking a communion. communion. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, it was it was very it was dark. different. I, mean, I, I like that. <laughs> yeah, it was very different. It, you know, and I don't know if it's just the whole thing, but it was very, it very much violated that guy's body and space <laughs> and you know everything. I, that they that's what they did well there. Yeah, um, and it was such a small thing to be such a violation of that guy's personal space. Yep. Yeah, and then if you want to mess with somebody, now you know how to give him a Jolly Rancher. Hmm. I'm afraid if somebody did that to me, I'd just bite their damn finger. <laughs> so, no, no Jolly Ranchers from you. I don't even know if you've washed your hands. It was cherry. So, <laughs> well, yeah, there you go. And then he licks his fingers <laughs> afterwards. Yeah. Um. So now Lex is going to get what he wants. But uh, let's see here. Is that in that same scene? Blah, blah, oh, they blah, have. Blah. They yeah, they have the banter about the. Uh... Where she's now blocking Lex after that. She's blocking the uh, import of the of the kryptonite rock, right? That's right. And that nice back and forth about Granny's uh, peach tea. Yeah. Yeah. You can take a bucket of piss and call it Granny's peach tea. Yep. Which comes right back, and I, I didn't expect that. Neither did I. And that is one scene in the movie of two that actually made me laugh when I saw it. Uh, well, I'll get to the other one later. Right. That is something I will give the critics. This is a very humorless movie yes. in a lot of ways. Yeah. And I've heard people say, well, the only humor they tried to write was um, Luther. I don't think they were writing Luther for humor. No, I don't see that. I didn't get I that. I mean, one joke they tried later about capes, it just it just fell flat. Well, you know, that, that actually made me laugh. Did it? <laughs> because it was so stupid, it made me laugh. I was like, ha, that's dumb. Yeah, but it did make me laugh. So, so we've got one senator now standing up to Lex and trying to prevent him from bringing in a giant chunk of kryptonite yep. from the. Is that the one from the Indian Ocean? Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. All right. So let's go on to the next part here. <clears throat> Wayne infiltrates a fundraiser promoted by Luther to retrieve data from LexCorp's mainframe, but his drive is stolen by a mysterious antiques dealer, Diana Prince who learns that Luther has files on herself, Barry Allen, Victor Stone, Arthur Curry. Wayne later receives the drive back from her. He learns not only of Luther's experiments with kryptonite, but also his ongoing investigation about metahumans, including Prince herself, whom he learns is an immortal warrior. When having a nightmare in which Superman has turned the, turned the world into a dystopian society, Wayne is interrupted by a time traveler who ar- arrives to warn him of an impending threat. Batman attempts to retrieve Luther's kryptonite, but is intercepted by Superman, who orders him to cease his activities. Later, Finch summons Superman to a congressional hearing to debate the validity of his actions. 
where Luther masterminds a bombing that kills dozens of people, including Finch. The public blames the bombing on Superman, who goes into self-imposed exile. They pack a lot. There's a lot going on in the part of the movie this paragraph covers. Yes, there is. Uh, there's, I mean, there's... There's an almost... The guy who loses... Yeah, the guy who loses his legs in the... Uh, what do you call that? The Kryptonian showdown in Metropolis? I don't even know what they refer to that incident as. Uh, but... The Battle of Black Gate or something? Yeah. Something like that. Yeah, something like that. Well, that guy lo- who loses his legs rolls up to a Superman statue, climbs up it, and starts spray painting on right. it. And he gets uh, gets arrested for vandalism and terrorist threats. Right. Now, uh, I, see if I understood yeah. this correctly. Was Lex Luthor blocking the checks they were that Wayne Foundation or Wayne was sending to that legless man? Yes, because he, he, he was he, he admits had, to writing those notes. Right. That's what I yeah. thought. So. The poor guy is expecting, you know, a nice check every month. He, he gave his legs and, you know, lost his, you know, a huge part of his life to, to Wayne. Mm-hmm. And Luther is one step ahead in blocking those checks and building his perfect little vehicle for later. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, that's, uh, that's this, Luther, <laughs> this Luther is so many steps ahead in this, and it doesn't really turn out. You don't really catch it to the end. Right. Um, and, and I think a lot of people might have missed it because by the time it comes together, there's so much going on yeah, that you're not even paying that's attention the to that. Response back to the people who say there's no plot. It's like, yeah, there is. It's just it's it's subtle, and you you know, if you've lost attention, I could see where you yeah. missed that towards the end. Like I just was questioning it myself, make sure I did understand that right. Yeah. So yeah, it turns out you know this guy. Well, so let's just continue this. He sprung from jail by Lex Luthor. And given a very fancy uh, wheelchair, yeah. um, and that becomes important shortly. Like a Professor X kind of. Yeah, very high tech. Um, for the congressional hearing, this guy is actually, well, I mean, he actually goes and talks to Senator Finch, but he's going to be at the congressional hearing. Right. He's the witness against Superman. Exactly. Which is where Bruce Wayne sees him on television and asks one of his guys, hey, well, why aren't we paying this guy? Yeah, you know, and that's when they find all the checks have been returned with notes on them. Yep. At first, I wondered if that was the Joker sending those back. Because I don't, at this point, I'm expecting a bunch of cameos that did not happen. Right. You know what I mean? And so I was wondering if maybe the Joker was still lurking around and this was going to be left as a, a dangling thread we never got to. Yeah, and I was thinking, why is this guy sending these checks back and, you know, he's getting the check? And why is he so mad if he's doing it in the first place? Exactly. It didn't, it didn't quite click with me. And I guess as, well, go ahead with the wheelchair. Well, uh, so, I mean, let's let's kind of, do you want to talk about the dream sequence at all? Yeah, I do. Yeah. Okay. Let's go ahead and let's cover that because the wheelchair and all that comes at the end, and we'll kind of get to that. Um, yeah, so I, I personally think something is broadcasting that into Bruce Wayne's head. It sure seems usually like usually of all the superheroes running around DC Comics, you don't picture Bruce Wayne or Batman being precognitive in that kind of no. ability. You know, no, Bruce Wayne does not have superpowers, right. except maybe bravery. He may have a preternatural level of bravery, or but stupidity. that's it. Or stupidity, <laughs> one of the two. And maybe he's so suicidal, yet so competent that he just can't quite, you know, get himself killed. But um, 
he sees a future where Superman has basically conquered the planet and has his own super stormtrooper soldiers. Right. And also appears to be working with Darkseid's parademons. Yep, and there's a great big brand burned into the ground of the Omega mm-hmm. symbol. Yep. So and it's actually this... in the, a waterless bay between the two cities. Did, did you like that? Do you like that Metropolis and Gotham are right across the bay from each other? You know what? I did like that. Um, I remember, and I, you, you've probably come across this somewhere as well, that I have read that the eastern seaboard in the United States in the DC universe would need to be three times larger <laughs> because it would have to fit three New Yorks, basically. Yeah. Yes, it would. Yeah. Um, you know, i got to tell you, I know you weren't a Smallville guy at all, right? No. Okay, well, in, in Smallville, they actually moved Metropolis to Kansas. Oh, I mean, that's where it is. <laughs> Well, no, I'm sorry, not Smallville, Metropolis. They moved oh, Metropolis okay. to Kansas. Sorry, I t- got hung out there because I was thinking about the show's name. So basically, if you just like went over a ridge from Smallville, there's this giant sprawling New York-like city right. in Kansas. Which, would, yeah. which doesn't make much sense because it doesn't have not a waterway. A lot. Exactly. I mean, the biggest city in America without a waterway, I think, is uh, Indianapolis. And that's no, that's no Metropolis. No, it is not. Yeah, I always um, picture... I mean, as far as the look, to me, Chicago always stands in for, for Gotham. Definitely since, especially since Nolan's yeah. Uh, take. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but I, it definitely, I, I personally don't like the cities that close to each other because of the influence of the two principal characters. You know, you kind of want Superman doing his own thing miles and miles away from Batman because they they over, they'd overlap too much. Yeah, yeah, but where, I mean... In the comics, basically, Gotham is supposed to be in New Jersey now, is kind of what they've decided. And I believe Metropolis is supposed to be about where New York is, roughly. So, I mean, they're not uh, that far from each know. other anyway. They can see each other there, definitely. I always picture them much yeah. further than that. Well, to to your concern, they would have to be. But I, 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 like, I think it might be because I always think of Metropolis as L.A. because of the, uh, I guess, the George Reeves TV show. And oh, that, okay. That kind of always rung the bell with Dragnet in my mind, and Dragnet was L.A. and that same time period, that same look. Oh yeah. Of course, they'd all go out. You know, everywhere looks like California on TV. Well, yeah, but, or, or now Toronto, or yeah, Toronto, or now Atlanta too. Yeah, yeah. Well, not anymore. Yeah, not for much longer. Not, not with those stupid ass long. You know what? I try not to talk politics <laughs> on here. <laughs> um, so yeah, so you know what? Um, I guess originally. Um, one of Siegel and Schuster, I don't remember which it was, one of them was Canadian, and he based uh, Metropolis on Toronto, at least initially. Okay. But in the comics, yeah, they've both been, you know, east, eastern right. seaboard cities. Yeah, they have to have ocean access for all the stories that have had it. Well, that's, yeah, exactly. And then again, it's also like Springfield and Simpsons, you know. Could, yeah, exactly. You could kind of, wherever. within reason, you could put it wherever you need it to be. Yeah. So we got this but, dystopian future, a giant omega burn. And, you know, the, the bay has been empty, and there's a, a huge omega symbol on the ground, and it, it is huge, huge. It's you know, not like a football field; it's like miles across. Yeah, gigantic. Right. And um, Batman is captured by the Superman stormtroopers and brought into a bunker. Here's the thing: I almost, I, I'm going to go with your broadcast of some kind because. He saw Superman's face in this vision. Yep. 
You know, the one thing that made me go, well, what the fuck was when they opened the the kryptonite box and it glowed green? I'm thinking, well, he hasn't seen kryptonite yet. How, how does he or he doesn't know about kryptonite yet? Nobody's talked about it. How does he know? Well, we actually find that out. <laughs> right. So what I thought was a plot hole was actually covered. But we see Superman come in, uh, burn some people with his heat vision, yep. and say to Batman, she was whole, my whole world and you took her from me. This actually comes back a couple times. Yes, it does. Yeah. And then Batman wakes up from the dream. He does a little little uh, Nightmare on Elm Street double shuffle here. Right. Wakes up from the dream. Boom tube. Yep. What we assume is the Flash. And I'm not positive it's a boom tube, but that's what it was to me. Sure looked like it. But yeah. the guy in there that we're assuming is the Flash, right. and I really didn't get it. I don't know well enough what Ezra Miller looks like to have been able to recognize him or not in that scene. Yeah, I've, I've read that they've confirmed it was him. but Okay. So he says, you know, he says to him, basically, you know, you were right all along. We have to stop him. Oh, no, I'm too early. Good job remembering that. Jeez. Yeah. No, it was. And that's, it that's all out a throwback to the Crisis on Infinite Earths where Flash is broadcasting himself back in time to try to warn people. Yeah. Because he's actually, at the point in that story, he's running so fast, he's trying to catch a tachyon particle. Yes. Which, if you know your, your physics, supposedly tachyons travel faster than the speed of light and can yeah. travel back in time. So the Flash is chasing that tachyon particle. Because he's trying to stop it from activating, I think, a bomb or some antimatter bomb that would destroy the universe kind of thing. Yep. And in the comic, the Flash shows up to Batman, trying to, but he looks like a skeletal, dying, zombie-ish Flash, and he's trying to warn him that something bad is coming, and then he appears to a couple other people. So that's what I right. really liked about that scene. Here's the Flash warning him, and that's where I get that this is being broadcast into his brain. Yes. Details are well, going to his brain that he doesn't know anything about. He doesn't know anything about the Flash at that point, and yet here he sees him. Yep. There's again. This is that. Like I said, I expected to see certain things just lifted from Dark Knight Returns, and that was it. Right. But now we've got stuff from Injustice. We've got stuff from Crisis on Infinite Earths. There are comic book references hitting us from frickin' everywhere. Right. Oh, also, you know, before we get out of this paragraph, so Bruce Wayne wakes up in bed with a strange woman and a giant hangover. Right. That is right out of Dark Knight Returns. And uh, Alfred even says, you know, I hope the next generation of Waynes don't inherit an empty wine cellar. <laughs> if there is a next generation, right out of Dark Knight yep. Returns. Yeah. So there were some out-and-out -out scenes just lifted right out of oh, there. Yeah. All right. So, anything else about the dream sequence? Uh, I just I don't think a lot of people got it. I mean, the the casual watcher who's only maybe never read the comics, obviously, they're not going to know what mm -hmm. that was. And I think that, oh, that definitely right. throws. I mean, like my mom was sitting next to me, and that she didn't know what that was. Yeah. Well, and Doug, let me tell you real quick. So originally, my wife and I were going to go to this, and then my wife couldn't get the day off of work. And then I was going to take a customer, and then he had a job in the Bay Area, so he couldn't make it. So my dad was going to go with me. And now I'm already starting to worry because, like, my dad's all like, you know, because, you know, my dad's like this grumpy old Vietnam vet. And he's all like, well, how, how does Batman stand a chance against Superman? My dad said the exact same thing. Yeah. And he goes, it's kind That's of like, you know. a short movie. Like, yeah. Well, he goes, it would be kind of like a can of soup trying to fight you. And I'm like, well, yeah, it should be. But, you know, if it's a, bat of, if it's a can of bat soup, it may stand a chance, yep. however. 
Yeah. So then he couldn't make it. So I called my brother, and he, he actually had time to go with me. My brother's a giant fucking nerd just like me. So he's like, he, like every couple minutes, he'd elbow me and go, dark side. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Absolutely. And yeah, does your brother know he ranks like number five now? <laughs> um, so I asked my dog, and he didn't want to go. Yeah. No, I. Oh, God, if he listens. Oh, he doesn't listen. I'm cool. Everything's all right. Um, so, yeah, so we get through the dream. Yeah, if you don't know comic books, this sequence made no damn sense to you at all, period. Right. And I think that's a big part of what's happened is people, like I said, do you even read? It's like that thing, do you even lift, bro? Like, do you even read comics? Do you even know who these people are supposed to be? All right, so let's go ahead and move on to the next section, which I think was really cool. I'll just do my my remembrance, and then I'll read the paragraph. So Luther pulls up to LexCorp, and shit is fucked up. <laughs> there are dudes down, ambulances everywhere, piles of spent shell casings, and an open box with a battering in it and missing kryptonite. I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah. Can I back up just a little bit? Sure, sure, sure. We, have, we haven't talked about the, the congressional explosion. Oh, God. The, we skipped right one over thing it. That, the one thing that I think some people might miss on that was the death of, of Mercy. Yes, Luther's number one right hand right because, there. And I think he put her in there and told her to make sure to save his seat because he was punishing her for failing about the hard drive. Oh, I can certainly see that. They really didn't. Well, he, I mean, he killed her. He wouldn't kill his best person unless he had a reason to. No, you're absolutely right. I don't think he would waste any, uh, you know. Potential or resource. Exactly. Yeah. So he, he offed her. I mean, he, I bet he knew that Bruce Wayne snuck down into his, his lower levels and, and that, you know, Diana Prince snuck down there too. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you I mean, can she, bet she that Lex Luthor, yeah, Lex Luthor has video surveillance at his place. Oh, yeah. I don't, I don't think there's any question about that. Um, yeah, so I, I, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to blow right That's past right. that. So the, there's a congressional hearing. There are protesters outside. Uh, you know, with anti-alien right. um, signs, and Superman actually comes and goes into the hearing, and this is the thing. So, getting back to Granny's peach tea, Senator Finch is sitting at her po or her desk. There's a big old bucket of piss with a tea bag in it that's labeled as Granny's peach tea, yeah. uh, like a mason jar, setting up yeah, yep. where where they usually have their little pitchers of water for them to drink. Yep. Yep. And she starts, she's losing her nerve. She starts casting her eyes about the room and realizes that the empty chair is Luther's. Likes, yep. likes Luther's. Um, she knows so, something's about to happen. Yep. So she's looking around, and then finally the camera locks on Wally in his uh, wheelchair. Yep. Kaboom. And, and it's, it's shown pretty much from Superman's perspective. And he was, he caught on way too late. The explosion yeah. happens, and. I thought it was kind of weird that he's standing there kind of sighing to himself as all these people around him just died because he's not being hurt by the explosion at all. No, he's standing in the middle of a room that is gone, yep. and and you know, covered in flames yep. and full of dead bodies and or what's left he's of them. thinking, I mean, I got the impression he's thinking, boy, am I fucked. <laughs> yep. No, I think you're absolutely right because he does go on, you know, this happens in a lot of superhero sequels. 
uh, you get to your second movie and you take a break from being a superhero because you have to question, you know, right. is it worth it? Right. Yeah. <laughs> happened to Spider-Man, happened to Christopher Reeve, Superman. Yep. It just happened to Daredevil. You always have that moment of doubt where you just go like, you know what, I'm just going to go marching across the Arctic and see the ghost of my father. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I didn't think it was the Arctic. I thought that was uh, Mount Everest. Oh, it could have been Mount Everest. I don't it know. Was a, it I'm was just, a definite mountain, but yeah. Yeah, I'm just saying that, you know, for me, every time Superman goes in the snow, it's it's the old uh, Donner Fortress of Solitude right. where it's headed. I, I realize that doesn't exist in this universe. Um, But, yeah, so is there – I'm sorry, and I didn't mean to jump ahead because that's actually a huge turning point because Bruce Wayne – watches the explosion yep. and sees Superman standing in the middle of all this. And we already know that he's got a giant bat boner to bring Superman down. Yep. And yeah. that pretty much gave him the, the green light to go. Yep, exactly. And then you get to Lex Luthor coming into the the attacked uh, fortress of his. Lex Corp. Yeah. But it was just it was so cool. It's um, This is the first time in a long time. I mean, you know, the Dark Knight trilogy did an okay version of it. This Batman comes across as so much more frightening. It's like in the first scene where they've got the human trafficking. Right. And the guy is tied to the radiator and he's branded with the bat sign and the cops scared shitless. The people won't leave the cell that the cell they've been freed from because it's still here. Right. And the guy's looking around the room with a flashlight and he goes up into the corner and there's Batman just kinda like up in the corner yep. of the room. It was like a monster coming at you. Yeah. I I really liked the way Batman was done in this movie. And I don't. Do they ever actually call him Batman? They call him the Bat and the the Bat of God. Yeah, exactly. Because yeah. it's still, even though the character's supposedly been around for twenty years, they're still scared of him and don't. They're not sure what he is. They don't even talk about it. Right. <laughs> yeah. It's just that thing where, like, if we don't say his name, he won't show up. <laughs> you know. Um, but I I really like it, and we'll get a little more into it, but. I'm gonna just I'm gonna throw this out there now. We'll after we get to the end of the synopsis, we'll talk about it a little more. This might be my favorite on-screen Batman. Yeah, he's up there. Yeah, he's he's pretty high in here. So, um, picking back up from IMDb's uh, synopsis, Batman retrieves the Kryptonite and prepares to launch a preemptive strike against Superman. Elsewhere, Luther activates the Genesis Chamber aboard the Scout ship and splices his own DNA and Zod's. That's a little splices. He bleeds on his face. Right. Come on, that's and he, he cut off his finger, the ends of his fingers to make his little uh, yeah his imprint, so he could access all that in the first place. But yeah, that was kind of, a, I didn't care that much for that part. Yeah, I thought it was fine. You know, whatever. He had to access the ship, so he cut. But off he did figure out that kryptonite can hurt him and it can cut their skin. And exactly, he uses a kryptonite scalpel to get the fingerprints off his odds hand. Yeah, the important thing is that there's two chunks of kryptonite that you see in this movie, a, a very small rock that's like three inches by an inch, and then a large rock. Yeah. That's the one that Batman has just stolen back. Exactly. Or stolen. Well, it's stolen. Appropriated. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Luther endangers Superman's love interest, Lois Lane, to lure him to LexCorp. Oh, did I just jump ahead further there? No, that's, that's the next section in here. I thought we just jumped over a huge section. Uh, Luther endangers Superman's love interest, Lois Lane, to lure him to LexCorp Tower, where he reveals that he has been aware of Superman's secrets for some time. Lex blackmails Superman into confronting Batman by holding his adopted mother, Martha Kent. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make a complaint. I don't think you need the word adoptive there. That is the, mo the woman who raised him. You know? 
Yeah, but definitely uh, Lex wouldn't see it that way. Yeah. Uh, Martha Kent, hostage in an undisclosed location. Superman is unable to reason with Batman, leading to a vicious fight in which Batman nearly kills Superman with a kryptonite spear. When Superman pleads... Yeah, we'll see here. I don't like the way they phrase that. When Superman pleads to Batman, save Martha, which was also the latter's late mother's name, Batman comes to his senses, realizing that Superman is not a threat. Upon learning of Luther's plan, Batman leaves to rescue Martha while Superman confronts Luther, who unleashes a monstrous, artificially bred creature known as Doomsday. Superman and Batman join forces to fight him and are aided by an arriving prince in her warrior attire, but are outmatched due to Doomsday's ability to absorb and redirect energy. Realizing that their shared Kryptonian DNA results in uh, shared vulnerabilities, Superman retrieves the Kryptonite Spear and sacrifices himself to impale Doomsday with it, while Doomsday stabs Superman with his bone protrusions. There's a lot of real bad phrasing in that paragraph I just read. (laughs) Uh, Bone protrusion might be one of the worst, but... So, anyways, um, we learned that uh, Luther knows exactly who Superman is. Yep. And he's been, just been sitting on it and has Martha Kent kidnapped from a diner she works at in Kansas and brought to some undisclosed location in Gotham or Metropolis. Shame on Clark to make his mom have to work. Uh, that's what I thought the whole time, too. Because I was like, why Why is she that? Couldn't she just like lease part of the farm to a neighbor or something? Or did they lose the farm? I don't know. Anyways, we've got Batman has... Batman gets a Rocky Four style training uh, montage here. <laughs> he does. Even the tire. <laughs> yeah. He's got the tire. He's doing the pull-ups. He's making a spear. Um, so he is, Batman is preparing to call out Superman. You know, let me, let me put this part in too, because back at the first time that Batman, Batman was trying to steal the kryptonite right. from the, uh, Superman stops him. Superman stops him. Superman tells him that next time they shine your light in the sky, do not show up. So there's a little more but of he a, gives him a pass. From, you know, he calls it, yeah. he calls it mercy or something. Doesn't he? Yeah. Consider this a mercy. And I think that's it's, because Superman knows that he's Bruce Wayne. Oh, Superman knows he's Bruce Wayne. Absolutely, because the scene at uh, Luther's place, as the thing's going off in his ear, Superman can hear yeah, it. Uh, yeah, there you go. And I'm so glad they didn't gloss over that, because it had only been like an hour or two before one of us like, sat there and thought, well, Superman can hear in those frequencies. Yep. So, yeah. So, no, he absolutely knows who this is, because at the very least, he could have just x-rayed his cowl at yep. that point. Yeah. No, he's, he knows who it is. So Superman tells Batman, do not show up the next time the bat signal goes off. So how does so, he call him out? <laughs> so he uses the bat signal. Yeah. yeah. But what he but what Batman doesn't realize is that, yes, he has been manipulated into calling out Superman, but now Superman has been manipulated into trying to kill Batman. Yep. So now we get into the Dark Knight uh, Returns section of the story. Batman is decked out in the Dark Knight Returns armor. <clears throat> and we know he's been experimenting with kryptonite. And this is so, this whole part of the story is one of my problems with it. Oh, okay. You know, it's, it's, it's one of those things. Superman could have stopped the entire fight by going, wait, 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 wait. He's got my mom. <laughs> Just you know, one sentence, and it wouldn't have gone any further. Well, he tried to. He tried, but he tried to didn't talk fast enough. And then, and then he took another step and got hit with a bunch of sonic weapons, yeah. 
right out of Dark Knight Returns. Yep. Um, and then had to break those. And then he took another step, and he gets hit with machine guns. And I'm sure at this point is just pissed, you know, because now time's running out. The guy won't listen to me. And uh, the next thing that, not the next thing, but as this goes, what happens is, and I think everybody's kind of wondering how the this weapon would get introduced, Batman shoots him with a uh, gas grenade full of kryptonite gas. Yeah, he shoots it at him, and Superman catches it cockily. Yep, <clears throat> exactly. And it explodes in his hand, and surprise, it's a gas grenade. Yep. So, um, you know, no Oliver Queen, no. but the exact same move that, that was used to level the playing field in Dark Knight Returns. Yeah, and Superman still after standing there coughing for a minute. He still seems surprised that, oh, I'm I'm not that strong anymore. <laughs> well, he doesn't quite learn it until he throws that punch. Right, and Batman blocks it. And that Batman it. blocks. Um, I am actually glad to see they didn't try to use powered armor as the way Batman blocked Superman. It was him being weakened by the kryptonite right. and all the stuff up to then. I was actually happy to see that. Um, I still want so to, Superman, I wanted to see him plugged into the lamp, lamp post, though. Oh, I know, I know, but you still have to level the playing field. Basically, the armor in this is just to hold off as much damage as possible. And then Batman begins to beat the living shit out of Superman. And you can see that, you know, while Superman has gotten by on being super strong and super fast, he is not a fighter compared to Batman at all. I mean, he can't even really hold his own during that that scene. And then it starts to wear off. (laughs) Yes, and then it wears off. So I don't know if you want to walk us through the end of that fight up to the point where we fall into it's Wayne Manor, right? Uh no, I thought it was like a city building or something. Oh, maybe it was. That's right, because they're still on the port. They're, yeah, point. they're still on the port. He, he, that whole area of Gotham is deserted. Which yes, there's a, they, which there's a backstory there that I'd like to to know. We you know maybe we'll find out later why that area yeah. is deserted. Why is it why is it have like an official looking city building that's deserted? You know what happened there. Yeah, because he says the entire port's deserted. They actually point out a few things are deserted, holding off some of the criticism from Man of Steel. Right. Yeah. Yeah, but the fight keeps building up to the point where Batman finally has him has his foot on his neck. Then Superman's able to spurt out, you know, the the line about Martha. Yep. And of course, Martha rings in Batman's head because that's the name of his own mother. Yes. He's wondering what, you know, it, it, and you see a flashback of his mom's death. Yeah. And they takes a pause, and that's when Batman kind of comes to his senses and the fight stops. Well, well, I think also this, Lois comes into the yeah. room at this point. Yeah. I mean, Lois is there. Um, and I think Batman now realizes that Superman has a mom and a girlfriend and a family, and he's not just some alien dude hanging around and forcing his will on, on humanity. Right. Um, cause yeah, it's more than just like a realization that, oh, maybe you're not such a bad guy. It's like, holy shit, you've got a mom and a girlfriend and a life that I'd never even really thought about. So I think that's, you know, a big part of right. him like going, oh shit. Okay. So Batman kind of lazily tosses the kryptonite spear aside. Right. And this, and then, uh, and then what Lois does with it's kind of silly to me. Yeah. I don't know what the hell she was thinking. She, she tosses it in the water. Yeah. She, there's a... Like I said, this abandoned city building has some sort of lower level that's been flooded next to like a fountain maybe or a stairwell or something. And mm-hmm. she chucks the spear down this into this, you know, no telling how, how deep it goes, but into this flooded area. Yeah. So she throws that down there. 
which then she then has to retrieve later. And yeah. She just sets up her own uh, damsel in distress trope right there. Exactly. So now we got a thing. It's like, so Superman and Batman can kind of go like, oh, gee willikers, we've been tricked into fighting each other. Right. And, All in this, and, in this entire time, there's something weird happening at the the, you know, the crashed spaceship that's sitting in yep, downtown the downtown Metropolis. Ship. Yep. It's, there's lightning and there's things going right. on. And electricity kind of looked, and that would remind up. me of Frankenstein's monster right there with the lightning pulsing across the place. I have to assume that was intentional because yeah. that's what I thought too. I have to assume that was what they were going yep. for. Um, so they decided what they're going to do is Superman will go investigate the Kryptonian ship. Batman will go save Martha Kent. Right, and he gives them like a promise or a... Yep. Then we finally get to see Alfred and actually do something. Yeah, besides just be snarky. And how much did I like Jeremy Irons as Alfred? Um, I thought he was outstanding. Yep. When you said this is the best Batman to me, that's the best Alfred we've ever seen. Yeah, I thought he was outstanding. Um, he well, I mean, look, he's a hell of an actor. Yep. And and honestly, he as he is aged, he looks like a guy who was a former SAS guy. Yep. Yes, he does. Yeah. Um, so Batman goes off to save Martha Kent. Superman goes off to uh, confront Lex, setting up the coolest Batman takedown scene I have ever seen. Yeah, this is where you get to see what happened back at LexCorp. Yeah. And why they didn't we, show we, it to you there, and they're holding it to this scene. Yeah, because if they, they couldn't do this scene twice right. in one movie. Yeah. And Batman, what was our, what did they say, two dozen people? Yeah, I believe so. Yeah. So it it's in the trailer, or most of it's in the trailer. Um, just wow. Yeah, but you just don't know what he's after at that point. No. From the trailer, I thought that the scene actually would happen much earlier in the film, that it's I, just I showing off Batman. Be, and, but no. Yeah, I expected that to be the first time we saw Batman in action. That's what I was right. shooting for. But um, this actually raised the stakes a little bit. Yes, it did. And it, it just, holy shit. This is Batman from the comic books. This is a Batman who is a brawler, who is fast, tough, outthinks his enemies, and is not afraid to jump in the middle of 24 guys and beat the shit out of them. And uses gadgets. Yes. Yeah, that's the other thing. Yeah, a lot of cool little toys were introduced in yep. here. Um, well, he's got, I guess, you see how good the body armor is? Because he takes a sh one or two shots right to the back of the head with a yeah, handgun. At least one that I saw and just glanced right off the back right. of his helmet. Uh, and we see him use his um, his gauntlets to deflect bullets and knives. Yep. So, you know, it's kind of cool because the suit doesn't look as armored as the ones from, like, the, the Dark Knight trilogy right. or or as rubbery. It looks more like a traditional comic book suit. But then when he actually gets into it, you get a sense of what it's really like. Right. Um, this does have Batman grab a guy's hand and use a machine gun. I don't remember him actually shooting anybody himself. But he did chase everybody down with that gun. Yeah, I mean, in the, circle. in the scene earlier where he's trying to get the kryptonite with the bat, the big Batmobile scene, yes, kind of not talked about yet. Oh yeah, yeah. But uh, he, I think he this Batman is killing people. He he, I don't see a lot of those people surviving those crashes and explosions that he's causing around them. Well, well, it's like like you were saying, or yeah, it was like you were saying when we talked about Daredevil once. You know, you're not gonna do down a stairwell. <laughs> He's not. Oh yeah, he'll 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 be fine. Yeah, you don't you know? see a graphic of Batman kill somebody directly, but it's all indirect. Yeah, I mean he drops a car on another car. Yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah. I mean there's there's some stuff going on there. Uh, yes, that car scene, that car chase was awesome. Yeah. By the way, um, very cool Batmobile. 
Yeah. It, it was kind of like a mix of the... Uh, of the Tim Burton and the Tumblr. Yeah, right. exactly. That's right. Yeah, the first Tim Burton. Yeah, it was, it was well armored, had machine guns. Yeah. Um, and I even liked so that now, it drove away and he brought it back to the back cave. And I was kind of waiting for a comedic moment there where Alfred would have like a wrench or something and just look at him and throw it over his shoulder and walk away. <laughs> like, oh, great. <laughs> yeah. That's, well, here, let's get to the end of that and then we can do our, we can pick on it a little okay, bit because right. there's definitely a lack of humor in this movie. Yeah. Um, all right. So, uh, yeah, and basically Wonder Woman shows up, right? Yeah. Where, where do we leave off here? Yeah, you have Wonder Woman on a, she's on a plane, so there's a, a box in my head that goes, oh, she doesn't have an invisible jet. But she's yeah. boarding a plane as Diana Prince, and there is what, the TVs are playing in the plane? Yes. She's seeing that this thing's going on, and she reluctantly thinks about it for a moment. You can tell she has to, you know, is she going to break her silence kind of thing and, and reappear. And then she, she exits the plane with her carry on. Now how we got to know what's in that carry on. Cause she shows up with it later, but how'd that get past the, the security? Uh, oh, that's, magic. That's, that's my sword and magic sword and shield. Yeah. Yeah. Cause magic doesn't show up on uh, TSA. Yeah, there you stuff. go. Yeah. Magic weapons can cut Superman and the TSA can't see him. <laughs> Maybe they unfold from something, or it's like the golden gun where she puts together four things and it becomes yeah. that. But you're right. Oh, you know what else? You know what else we skip past too that happens in this section. So Bruce Wayne has seen the files that LexCorp is oh, keeping yeah, on. Yeah, we skip that. Yeah. So we see the Flash in action for the first time, or maybe the second, depending on the boom tube scene. Yeah. It, for those, I, th- that entire scene was so shoehorned in for me. I, I you know what though? It was. Doug, here's the thing. I was afraid of during the Doomsday fight. It was going to be, and now here's Flash and Aquaman and Cyborg, right. who we've never mentioned before, but they're here, here to help the fight now. That's what I was afraid of. So when it was just like, a, well, here's some you know MKV files on the LexCorp right. server. I was like, oh, thank God that's how they did that. Yeah. <laughs> you know? I, I, yes. I was thinking you wouldn't see those until the like a, a stinger after the credits. Yeah. Well, you know what? Here's a th- um, also like because you and I emailed like right when I got when I turned my phone on after seeing the movie, I already had an email from you. <laughs> and you're like, okay, dude, let's talk. And then when as we were talking, you're like, as far as I know, there's not a post credit scene. Right. And you know what? If I were DC, I wouldn't do one either because you know who who created that post credit buzz, Marvel. Right. I'm going to do everything I can to not be compared to Marvel. Yeah, it was a good choice of theirs not to do it. Yeah. You know, I, but, you know, but there's still like 30 people in my theater that were sitting there waiting for it. Me, my brother, and about 12 other people left. Everybody else was still sitting there trying to popcorn. And I was just like, you know, cool. I'll get to my car quicker as well, you know. Um, but if I were DC, I would do everything to not be like Marvel as possible. Yeah. You know, Marvel does something kid-friendly. You do something more adult. Marvel has a post-credit scene. You stick yours in the middle of the story. Yeah, so, yeah, those videos, they were shoehorned. But we also got to see a picture of Wonder Woman from 1918. Right. And Jim Kirk's with her. Yep. Yeah. So, uh, you know, Kirk maybe we'll get a couple other uh, mysterious people. Yeah. So maybe we'll get a Star Trek Wonder Woman. No, I'm, I'm just kidding, people. The guy the guy that plays Kirk now is Steve Trevor. Um, and they've moved Wonder Woman's story back by one world war into the past. Right. 
Yeah. Yeah. So she's a, her, it's a photo, like a, a group shot in a, like there's been a battle and these are the survivors and they're standing together for a photo kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. It's really cool though. Yeah. I mean, that they got the, some of this info in, but you're right. It did feel a little shoehorned in some yeah, ways, that, but that the Wonder Woman photo made me want to see that movie even more. Yeah. Did you, did you see the photo this week that was the, all the Amazons yep. together? Yeah. Yeah, that, yeah, that, that did it even that, more. That one didn't do it for me as much as oh no the the World War One photo did. Yeah, well, yeah, because World War One photo is going to be a direct callback to Thank something. You. Yeah. So now we've got Superman's killed Doomsday, but they together or Doomsday has killed Superman, but the team together has killed Doomsday. Um, shocking me in the process, I went to see Dark Knight Returns. I did not know I was going to see the death of Superman. Right. Um, I know there had been rumors, but let's face it, since the 90s, there's been rumors that the next whatever Superman was going to have the death of Superman. Right. They've been talking about Doomsday for a long time. Yeah. So when it happened, I kind of actually went like, what? Hold on here. I thought that was a very brave move. I mean, obviously, they'll have to undo it, and they've already started. Right. But... I thought that was like a whole, just like, holy shit moment. But I may not want a little kid to see that. Yeah, I don't think this movie's meant for little kids at all. At all. Yet their toys are going to be on the shelf for little kids. Yep, they sure are. And I saw little kids at my theater. Yep. I don't know. And I was hearing them bouncing around and being bored. So, (laughs) Kicking the back of my seat, little bastards. (laughs) Just, Just sit down and watch the movie. Um, so we get to the end of the movie. Luther's arrested. Uh, Lois Lane exposes his crimes. Um, he's visited. This is actually kind of a cool scene. Yeah. They tell him, you know, put your head against the wall, you know, get your hands behind your back so he can cuff you. Um, so he gets a visit from Batman. He gloats that Superman's death has made Earth vulnerable to new threats from beyond Earth. A memorial is held for Superman in Metropolis. Wayne, Lane, Martha, and Diana Prince attend a private ceremony in Smallville after the funeral. Wayne reveals to Prince that he plans to assemble a team from the file he retrieved from LexCorp to protect the world in Superman's absence. Later, a faint heartbeat begins echoing from the grave, and the dirt begins to levitate. Um, Obviously, they had to address Superman's death and rebirth pretty quickly. I don't think he could have left him dead at the end of the movie. What do you think? You know, when they started, definitely, I mean, I knew Doomsday was in the movie from the trailer. Mm -hmm. I was wondering, how far are they going to take this rebirth? Are they actually going to do the, like, you know, three or four different Superman? Because I don't think they could go in that direction. That'd be awful hard to do, I think. Uh, I think it was too soon to show the levitation of of the dirt. You know, if, if you don't know what we're talking about, when you see the first Man of Steel, before he actually flies, he's pushing down on the ground, and you're getting like a telekinetic anime ripple effect around his body where little pieces, little rocks and little rubble will start to float a little bit, and then he launches off. Yeah. yeah and so on his, his casket that's still in an open grave, uh, Lois Lane has thrown down the first handful of dirt, and little bits of that dirt starts to levitate. So that's, you know, it's one of those, oh, what was the point of him dying kind of thing to me, though? Yeah, well, yeah, and, you know, who's, who knows, maybe this is where evil Superman comes in first. Huh? I mean, we'll see what they do. Um, 
So Batman visiting uh, Luther in prison. I think we also see a change in Batman because he had the brand with him. Yeah, yeah he was ready and, to brand him. <laughs> and he didn't do it. And we see how the branding worked. It wasn't, at first I thought it was just a heated up batarang, but it's actually a little, like, uh, brass knuckle. Brass knucks, yeah. yeah. So and then, uh, Luther's talking about the bell has been rung. Yeah, and he is coming. Yep. And then we also, you cut back to his office, and a callback to a scene with Senator Finch. Right. There's the angels coming down, and was it the angels coming down and demons coming up? And yeah. he says, that should there's be reversed. A, there's a painting on the wall of his, it was his father's office. And he yep. said he has never changed anything in that room since the death of his father, which is the original Lex Luthor, except he wants to turn that painting around. And now when the police are going through the place, sure enough, that painting has been reversed. Yep. So there are demons coming down and angels coming up. Right. So all of this, this whole movie just sings the uh, arrival of, of uh, Darkseid. The Omega, the Parademons. Now, how Luther has already been in contact or knows about Darkseid, we do not know. Right. And they, oh yeah, and of course, being a Luther, they shave his head. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was hoping, you know, I always... I knew that the actor had, had had shaved his head because he's filming the next film with, you know, a buzz. But I, I was hoping they wouldn't do the Gene Hackman pulls off the wig at the end, you know. Yeah. And then I was kind of hoping they would, but kind of hoping, you know, it's a nice throwback, but it is kind of silly. I thought it would have been cool, like, if maybe when he had the kryptonite, like, you know, scratch his head and a handful of hairs or something oh, came yeah, out. Oh, yeah, yeah. So you can kind of, like, go, like, oh, radiation poisoning from kryptonite. Yeah, it's like the in the comics, the original Luther had the ring on his finger that kept Superman at bay all the time, but then he got cancer from it. Lost his hand. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah, overall, um, you know, I thought the lack of humor kind of was an issue with the movie, but I didn't really notice it till afterwards. Right. You know, I didn't notice it till I kind of did my stupid chuckle at the, I'm a friend of your son's. Oh, I noticed the cape. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that was... That fell very flat. Yeah. Like I said, I just went, ha! Well, I, I can see where dumb. somebody wants a Marvel movie. They're, they're used now, used to the Marvel formula, you know, and this is not that. This is something different. No. This, um, the nearest thing I could call, relate this to, and even that's not going to be quite right, is Watchmen. But even that's not quite right, because Watchmen was a much, much, much darker film. Yeah. Uh, you know, when you when you go through the Watchmen, if you read it, if you understand the story, it's basically the tale of how superheroes in a real world setting will all be a bunch of sexual deviants. You know, yeah. I mean that's that's really what you get from it because like Rorschach is, a, I think, a very deeply closeted homosexual in that. Um, who's the 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 hangman or whatever the masked guy that has the affair? They assume had an affair with one of the older superheroes. Realized that he was into beating, he would hire rent boys and beat the living shit right. out of him to get off. Um, so it's not nearly as dark as The Watchmen in a lot of ways, but it's not as bright and shiny as Marvel either. No. You know, at least Marvel movies now. You know, the, the Daredevil stuff is dark. Yes, it but is. It's still not this dark. <laughs> no, it is not. It is not. I mean, this was a very moody piece. Um, but then again, I, thinking about Jessica yeah. Jones, it, it, that does get pretty dark. I mean, she, if you haven't seen Jessica Jones, spoiler alert, she's killed Luke Cage's wife. Right? Yes. That, and that's weighing heavy on her. So, 
Yeah, I mean, Marvel can go dark, but that's not on the big screen yet. Yeah, they're they're keeping that for Netflix, apparently. And maybe that's what DC will do. Maybe their light and shiny side will be television. And you know what? I think you just answered it. It is. The CW. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, by the way, um, so CBS announced a lot of their returning shows. You know what wasn't there? Supergirl. Oh, it's not. That's a shame. No. I, I don't know if they'll announce it later, but right now I'm a little bit down in the dumps. Uh, I am hoping that maybe that means I'll move it to CW, though. That'd be nice. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm excited about Monday's episode with The Flash. Yeah, that's going to be pretty awesome. That's going to be good They're, stuff. They released a bunch of little snippets from it in, you know, in YouTube videos, as I think, in the last 24 hours. And they're all, they're, it looks like it's a lot of fun. Yeah, no, it should be a lot of fun. It should be a lot of fun. Um, so let's let's kind of let's cover some of the the characters in here. Um, Affleck is Batman. What'd you think? Uh, probably my favorite one so far now. Yeah, I, that's you know I was kind of like I'm not as down on Affleck as a lot of people are, but I was kind of a little bit like, well, we'll see. And then as soon as I saw it, I'm like, holy shit, Ben Affleck is Batman. Yeah, yeah. I mean. He, it, I could see where people would like uh, Christian Bale more, but it's definitely between those two. Yeah. But, you know, the the Bale Batman isn't a traditional comic book Batman no. by any stretch. No, the whole Batman trilogy of, of Nolan's, I think we talked about this before, it doesn't it doesn't quite fit in with the comic book stuff because it went a step beyond that, maybe a step mm-hmm. above that. Uh, and, you know, those are pretty dark with little bits of humor here and there. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, this Affleck Batman, it worked for me. Yeah. This Ben Aff- this I'm just this Batman is the most comic book Batman we have seen in film. Yep. Period. Um first off, the guy is built the way Ben Affleck was built going into this movie, built like a fucking bruiser. Yep. I mean, and when you see him whipping dudes into walls and snapping arms, you buy it. I, you know, one scene that really stood out to me a little bit, just well, not too much because it just popped back in my head, is during the yeah. the, uh, the fight club scene, the uh, yes. the underground fight. You know, the betting's going on. The guy is obviously losing, gets knocked to the to the sideline, and Bruce Wayne whispers something in his ear. I think that he just told the guy how to beat the opponent. I think you're absolutely yeah, right. He like, told him something like, like he drops his chin yeah. before he does this yeah. or something. Yeah. He gave him a tell. He, he he told him something, and sure enough, the guy goes back and beats the crap out of the other guy. Yeah, because he turns right around, looks at Bruce Wayne, and nods his head. Right. Yeah. No, you definitely get the sense that this this Bruce Wayne has seen the stuff. I mean, he has been in it, right? You know, because I mean, he just watches those fight scenes or that fight scene that he's in. That that thing is incredible. Yep. Yeah. Although. The scene where he's in this, the 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 nightmare, the dystopian future, yes. that scene where the parademons start coming down, it definitely seemed too choreographed to me. Almost as if I could watch it and like Affleck is actually counting the beats as he's doing it. Okay, one, two, three, punch, duck, one, two. It, yeah, it looked, no, no, it looked no, too no. That one, that one did look very choreographed. It really, but did. yeah, the the brawl at the end looked great, but that earlier one. It was kind of maybe they filmed it earlier in the in the process. Who knows? Well, and it was a dream. It was a dream. And scene. it was, it was a, a dream. dream. And there was lots of CGI in that. Yeah, scene. and parademons. Yeah, I don't understand. I mean, look, I don't understand acting to begin with, but I don't understand acting with shit that's not there, especially. 
You know what I mean? Yep. Yeah. Um, yeah. What's that? It's super make-believe. Exactly. Um, so, you know, on the supporting cast, like, I love Amy Adams. I think she's great as Lois Lane. Um, I thought Diane Lane was a great Martha Kent. And if it weren't for some of the decisions they'd made in Man of Steel, I thought Kevin Costner was a great choice for uh, Jonathan Kent. You know, there are some things in there I'm still kind of, I'm actually going to go back and watch Man of Steel again today and just see if maybe there's an interpretation I missed or something. Um, How about that Wonder Woman? She steals the show, I think. I think so. I absolutely think so. She shows up and, and, I mean, I like that, in the battle with Doomsday, she's having her character seems to be having fun. She's, well, she's, she's smiling. She's you know she gets knocked down and she smiles and comes right back up at it. You know she yeah she's a warrior. She, yeah she's a she's a fighter. She's there. To, yeah. I mean she's fought monsters and she even says that I've fought I've killed things from other you know planets. I've killed monsters from other yeah. worlds before. There you yeah. Because <laughs> I you know I picture her fighting a minotaur and that, you know that kind of crazy yeah. stuff. Because she's supposed to be like five thousand years old, right? And that well, I don't know out. how the, I don't know how they're doing it because the thing I read this week say that she is the first child born in Themyscira for forever. <laughs> so I don't know how we know she's at least one hundred and twenty years old, though. Right. Um, that much we got, and we tell she's pretty much ageless, and you know, whatever at that point. But um, that's really all we've got on her, and it does intrigue me. It does make me want to see more. And you get a lasso. Yes, you do. Yeah, I was surprised. I was happy to see that. Yeah. Again, there is so much comic book shit in this movie that I'm just, like, stunned that we got it all. Stunned. And as far as the casting goes, I, I read complaints that her delivery in the lines was, you know, stiff, maybe. I didn't mm-hmm. think so. I, 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 I saw it more as, you know, I know she's Israeli. Yes, and I know I, I really doubt English is her first language, but to me she reminded me of uh, uh, the Highlander. You know, he's from lots of different places. There's lots of exactly of, of accents well, there. There's that's why it's not quite the norm. You know what? What I assumed, and you know, when Christopher Lambert played, uh, that's what I was trying to think of. Yeah, Connor McLeod. You know, when he played that role, he did not speak English yet. Right. Yeah. He did it all phonetically, um, and it comes through. I mean, you can the way he pronounces certain words, right. you're just like, huh. What I was wondering with her, and my brother and I went and had a couple beers after we saw it and kind of did like the whole, we did what we're, you and I are doing now. You know, we're like, oh, shit, how about this? What I wondered is, Themyscira must be somewhere between Greece and Turkey, right? Right. And so their accent would have to be somewhere between Greek and Turkish, I would think. And she has a thick Israeli accent. How much, because we're not used to hearing Israeli accents, she could have been putting extra things on top of that accent. And we, you know, we as Americans who don't deal with Israelis every day may not have heard the difference. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I can pick out a Minnesota accent or a Canadian accent. but you know what you, you grew up around. Yeah, exactly. Um, so I think there could she could have been doing things with her accent to try to sound like a Medit- more Mediterranean person. And it may have just been lost on us because, first off, it's a made-up accent. And then, secondly, it's on top of a real accent. You know what it's like? It's like Deanna Troy on Star Trek. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, 
she had a British accent, but she did some weird, weird Greekish accent when she was on the show. Right. Yeah, and it, it all just came off kind of strange because of it. Yet Deanna's mother didn't have an accent at all. <laughs> well, she was a Roddenberry. She didn't have to. Well, I, I think it's because of the Universal Translator, but we'll save that for a Star Trek episode for later. Um, so how about, let's talk about uh, Henry Cavill in this. What did you think of his second portrayal of Superman? I, You know, one thing I, I liked as a design choice after, uh, I think after he retrieves the spear, you actually see the, the spit curl. Yeah, I think you're right. That, I think that, it does show that, up there was there. no way that was an accident. Somebody purposely styled that and made that happen. But I, I still like him as Superman. He's working for me. Yeah, uh, I like Brandon. I mean, we're so used to Christopher Reeve. That's that's the one everybody's going to compare to. That's you know under fifty. Oh sure. Um, uh, you know George Reeves before that, but yeah, he, it worked for me still. He, he. Well, as you say, in those of us in our forties, we before we had Chris Reeve. We had George Reeves. Right. George Reeves was Superman for 15, 20 years. You know? Let me see. When did that show come out? Mid-50s, late-50s? Right. So 20 years, George Reeves was our Superman. Yep. Yeah. You know, he was the one that was on, you know, Saturdays all day, and then, you know, when we got home from school during the work week. You know, so, yeah. These are, you know... We've got our Superman. We know who they are. Uh, I like this guy. I think he is believable in the role. Um, but I sure hope they do something that makes him stand out in the next movie. Right, right. I, yeah. That's why I think maybe the rebirth, we're going to maybe get the Golden Boy Scout kind of guy. Yeah. you know, cause... I would like to see him in a more traditional, uh, brighter colored costume. Um, there were scenes in this movie where they actually allowed color into it. I was happy with that. <laughs> I'll allow some man, color. Yeah, because Man of Steel was was pretty bled out. Yeah, pretty. Yeah, very muted colors in that one. Yeah, a very muted palette. Yeah, exactly. Um, but overall, you know what? Um, I I would give this movie seven out of ten without a problem, without even blinking. Yeah, I was thinking C C plus B minus. Yeah, um, and like you said, there's so many hidden things in there that most people are not going to get. You know the the whole boom tube and the flash and Aquaman and yeah, there's well, it's like my brother didn't even quite get the cyborg thing. Oh yeah, the mother box and the cyborg yeah. scene. Yeah, know? I didn't get that. It was a mother box. Yeah, because one thing that stood out to me was when he he's like artifact 1982 something something something. Because mm -hmm. I I thought I heard 1982 in there, and I'm thinking, is that the year the Teen Titans first came out? Is that the year that Cyborg was created in the comics? Because that's just about right in my mind. Yeah, that would be right. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, so on top of that, I bet you're right. It's I wonder what year Cyborg was created. But um, there's a reference to 1938 in here, the yeah, year yeah. Superman came yep. out. There are so many just deep references all the way through. Uh, the Russian bad guy that, that uh, Bruce Wayne's chasing, trying to figure out what the white Portuguese is. Right. Is a Batman character called the KG Beast. Right. Um, Which you I, know, yeah. I didn't, I didn't even catch that until I came back and started looking things up, you know? Um, let me see here. I, uh, all thanks to IMDB. <laughs> oh, absolutely. You know, absolutely. I mean, Doomsday, we knew it was coming. Um, I kind of liked some of the things they did with him. I didn't like the energy redirection. I thought that was a little bit weak. Yeah, that's a different take on him. And yeah. <laughs> one thing that was bothering me a little bit. And you know it's it's here's our 
it's basically it's Zod turned into a Frankenstein's monster. Yes. But at some point he became a Ken doll. Um, oh, I assume I assume when the uh, the robotic Kryptonian piranha were were working on him, they probably smoothed that out. You know, the smoothening. Yeah, um, yeah, that was one of the first things I noticed. Is I was like, well, maybe that's where they could have used one of those CGI dongs that uh, Zack Snyder is so proud of. <laughs> the Watchmen, yeah, yeah. Oh, here's one. Um, so Batman going through. Well, first let's. Wayne Manor is dilapidated and broken down somewhere else on his land. Bruce Wayne has built an awesome little lake house right. with with a cool industrial uh, era bat cave underneath it. Yep. And Walking through, there is a Robin costume. Yep. And written on the Robin costume, ha ha ha, jokes on you. So some point we're going to deal with the death of Jason Todd or at least a Robin. Right. Right. And the, yeah. the theory, I think you brought it up before that this, the current Joker in this movie universe might actually be Jason Todd. Could be. I mean, that's definitely a theory they floated. I don't know how I would feel about it. Um, Cause to me, there are two things and now these roles have been broken, but there are two things that should always been true in comic books. Bucky and Jason stay dead and Ben Parker. Oh, I see. I don't even like to admit to Ben Parker. I pretend that that never happened. I think I think he's coming back. Yeah. Now, when you say Ben Parker, we're talking about the clone, right? No. Or are we I'm, talking about Uncle Ben? I'm about Uncle Ben. Well, Uncle Ben. Well, of course, because you know what I'm hoping for there, right? Jason Alexander. Oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah. Uncle Ben's getting upset. Yep. Yep. Because that's what I'm shooting for. Or Torme thing. Yeah, I forgot about that. That would be that would be enough to make that one for me. Um, so yeah, all in all, that's uh, there's plenty more, and I'm sure as I'd start digging into more more background info. Oh, that's the other thing. So there's the room at Rain, Wayne Manor where uh, Bruce Wayne is looking at the fireplace, right? Right. And then Alfred comes in. Well, apparently, and I'm looking for the pictures right now. I don't see them just yet. There's Joker graffiti on all of those pillars in that room. Yeah, and there are there question marks too. Uh, there might have been. I got to find the pictures, but there are so many references in here. Yeah, kind of, um, there's kind of a. I think I read somewhere else where it doesn't say who watches the Watchmen anywhere, but you get that feeling. Yeah, you know something's happened there. Something tragic. Uh, you know, it's like that whole section, like I said, of Gotham that's deserted. There's, there's yeah. a quick throwaway line about that whole area has been deserted. And, you know, there's there's other stories going on that we don't know yet. Oh, sure. There's, there's a lot. There's a lot of history there. Yeah. Um, no, there is a lot going on there. Yeah, so, I mean, that kind of covers where I wanted to come yeah. from on and this that one. Was, uh, that was a great Batcave, too. I mean, this was the biggest Batcave I think we've ever seen. Oh, sure, and it had waterways in, so, you yep. know, there could be boats. Well, we know there's a plane. There's definitely probably a boat down there. Yep. It's very industrial. I still, I still I, want to see a giant penny, though. The penny. I would love to see something stupid like that, even even just a robotic dinosaur right. in the background. Right, you need the great. T-Rex, the penny, and the giant playing card. Yeah, and these days you have to have Robin's costume on display. Yep, and they got, they got, got, got one of them. Yep. But they did get that in there. Yeah, so, uh, you know, like I wrote on Facebook last night, I saw it, I liked it, if you don't, go eat a bat dick. <laughs> you know, and I thought bat dick was appropriate. Yeah. 
Yep. So, uh, Doug, any any closing things on uh, Batman versus Superman? I'm right there with you. I, I enjoyed it. I don't. I mean, to me, my I was entertained. Uh, time went by just fine for me. You know, I wasn't counting the minutes or looking at my watch or anything. I, I had a good time. Yeah. Uh, I will get it when it comes out on Blu-ray. Yeah, I'll, Absolutely. I'll definitely, you know, get the uh, extended edition to see what it's got and see how they did some of these scenes and listen to the commentary and that kind of stuff. Um, there have been movies in the past that I don't go in the theater and see, like Green Lantern. I avoided it. I, I read enough about it ahead of time to think, oh, this is going to be horrible. And I, Yeah, right. they... <laughs> Boy, they shit the bed with Green Lantern. They really did. <laughs> that was terrible. Um, yeah, I guess, you know, my thing is, you know, critics, if you think you want to see this movie and you're not because critics are, I guess, you know, at this point, if you listen to this, you know, you need to go see it just to figure out the fill-in points that we skipped over. <laughs> right. But, you know, critics did a really, uh, you know, they hit it really hard early on. I don't know why. I don't know why they did it. I enjoyed it, um, you know, I, I really don't know what the problem here with this movie was. And they say it didn't have a plot. And, well, you weren't paying attention. You know what bothers me is one of the people I follow on Twitter is uh, Kevin McGuire, the, art, mm-hmm. the artist of the, uh, the the funny JLA. Justice League, yeah. And he did not enjoy it. Well, and, Kevin's a particular kind of fellow, too. Yeah, it, it's one of those, you know, this is one of the, the, the founding fathers of a version of the Justice League, and he hated it. Like, God, how... And I don't see what he saw, evidently. Yeah. No, there's a lot of that. I don't see... I don't see what these people are seeing, necessarily. And I, I don't get it. I mean, I guess this couldn't be everybody's cup of tea. Right. But... You know, I can see where the, the regular Hollywood critic would not like it. Because they're not going to get all the little things. No, absolutely not. And I don't know if you follow Enoch Cola at all. Not really. Not not so much anymore. I did years ago. Well, though. that's the thing. Harry Knowles' reviews got horrible. He was, you mm-hmm. know, but if you read his review for this, it's actually very good. It's very well written. It's it's like, well, who ghost wrote this for him? <laughs> yeah, I'll somebody, have to go somebody back. stepped in for him. Evidently, even the feedback has been actually kind of nice for you know his review. Now he doesn't say it's a glowing movie or anything, but it's actually he actually took a step back himself and and gave it a good you know. I'm not saying it's a positive review, but it's a well written review. Yeah, and, you know, um, I will go check that out. I was going to say, one of the things I was thinking about yesterday or the day before, I can't remember which, was io9 has a letter section. It's like, you know, for the post-apocalyptic mailman. And somebody wrote in, you know, well, so now now does DC have to junk their entire movie universe? And I'm like, the movie hasn't even been released yet. Right. You know, how... Seems like there's a bandwagon out there to the crap all over this. Before yeah, it almost seems like there's like a concerted effort just to get people to shit on this movie. You know, and I'm not going to say I'm you know I'm a conspiracy theorist or anything, but it sure seems like there's a line of people haven't seen it yet and want to declare the DC universe movie universe dead. And it looks like it made eighty two million dollars yesterday, so it's doing okay. Yeah, so <laughs> you know the 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 tell will be. If there's a harder than 50% fall off next weekend, right. you know, that'll be the thing that says it. But it's like, you know, yesterday I was uh, put up on Facebook something and a friend of mine wrote back and said, oh, you sound like a typical fanboy. You know, did you, and he made some statement about how much I love Man of Steel and I wrote back to him. I was like, uh, first off, I didn't, 
I didn't hate Man of Steel, but I sure didn't love it. And the best thing I ever heard about Man of Steel was standing on your grandparents' front lawn when you and your son told me not to worry it was going to be the best Superman movie ever made. So, you know, <laughs> let's let's keep some things in perspective here, kiddies. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, Doug, I think we're going to go ahead and wrap this one up. Um, any Anything you want to uh, close on? I'm good. All right. And if people want to find you online? Uh, StarkWork.com. S-T-U-R-K-W-U-R-K.com. Excellent. And thank you guys again. This has been our special uh, spoiler-filled Batman vs. Superman special. Um, you can find us at geekishcast.com. We're on Facebook at facebook.com slash geekishcast. I tweet from at the geekishcast. A couple special requests I'm going to make. If you're listening to this, if you enjoy it, go like our Facebook page. And if you're an iTunes user, please go rate and review us there. We are on other things. We're on TuneIn. We're on Spreaker. We're on SoundCloud. Um, you know, just rate and review us. Give us a follow. It would really help us out a lot. With that being said, um, thank you guys. I appreciate all the support, and we'll talk to you soon. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.